0: It's here, the first Ghostbusters interdimensional cross t-shirt featuring front art by Dapper Dan Shonen. Wear your support for the podcast with pride. Proceeds from sales will go to keeping the lights on and not to putting beer in our stomachs. Men's and women's styles are available. Visit GhostbustersHQ.net slash shop to buy yours today. I like that shirt, friend. the Ghostbusters and Marine Control. Uh uh-huh. control I bet when he was recording that he's like I it's bet this is really you know, I would say it. that's the
1: second best or maybe third best song that has the word Ghostbusters in the lyrics
0: third? Ray Parker yeah, Jr. Well, Ray Parker one. Jr. is number one with number a bullet then the busboys cleaning up the town
2: yep. that's number two probably because <laughs> yep. 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 the busboys did the boys are back in town wasn't? yeah it was them? but they did cleaning up the town where it was like the Ghostbusters came in cleaning up the town <laughs> yes <laughs> that's definitely number two yeah that's number two
0: Still Playing With Toys.net presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad The biggest podcast since 1909 So free! News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters Are you the key master? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart I think these people are completely
1: nuts Woo! I've had family in town, which is why we're recording later than we usually do um, and all of them wanted to get on the Wi-Fi and they all assumed that this one Wi-Fi hotspot was mine so it's I, I wrote this in here and then sure enough yesterday morning everybody's like oh I need to connect to your Wi-Fi oh I bet that's you who are you gonna call no no that's not me it's weird there's somebody in whatever my uh, perimeter Wi-Fi uh, range is who uh, has a Wi-Fi hotspot called who you gonna call and of course, everybody always assumes it's me. It goes back to a couple of weeks ago when we say that when people name stuff after Ghostbusters, people assume that it's you. No, I actually have an invisible network that you have to type in, and one of those. But um, <laughs> I, I who the hell is it? I want to like—is somebody out there listening? That's actually a Ghostbusters fan that lives next to me because that would be really funny. Small world. Or I, is it somebody trolling me?
2: That I don't know. I'm positive. Third option, which is statistically, it's just just a good good chance.
1: Uh, sure. you
2: you're you're in a so you're not like on a, a housing block. You're in a, a, a
1: townhouse. Yeah, we're in like a townhouse complex, but there's another yeah. complex right next to us. So there's a good chance that somebody so in one pretty, of the pretty, units. Yeah, pretty dense for
2: the for the a Wi-Fi area. Uh, I mean, especially if they set it to high, because most Wi-Fi What's the power
1: set to? Kind of middle, right? Yeah, you don't want to, because then you get crosstalk from everybody else's antenna, uh, especially yeah. in complexes like this, where it's like, oh, we're on the same even, channel. E- Great. Even if it was medium, what's the signal strength say when you see it on your. It's at the very bottom. So it's, it's right. one of so, the furthest away from me, the, or the, the weakest signal, I guess I should say. So. So it means in you know two townhouse complexes.
2: That's a what? A couple hundred people? Hundred people?
1: Yeah, about a hundred people probably. Yeah.
2: So and these you're in L.A. So everybody has probably has Wi-Fi.
1: Yes, if not more than one, people have their guest networks and yeah. Yeah.
2: So you know that's there's a good chance that and you're in let's be honest you're in L.A. You're in you're in movie land. So that's, that's
1: true. And it's it's an easy way if somebody wants you to guess their password. But I don't know. I, maybe I should actually try logging in with the say, password you try, Ghostbusters into happens. Next thing guessing. it fishes all of the information <laughs> off of my machine and. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, yeah, well that's a danger too. Uh, and that's that's what I was thinking. Cause you know I've, I've got like a Ghostbuster sticker on the back of my car or something. Uh, something that somebody may have seen or hearing me uh, editing and mixing the podcast and they're like, oh, there's a Ghostbusters nerd around here. Let's see what happens if I set up this network (laughs) with an (laughs) easy-to-figure-out password. Hey, guys. Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some
0: pretty cool stuff cooking up over here if you want to shoot turn your head. Multiplanar, curly, and emanation. Yeah, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker.
1: All right, let's uh, let's start with Playmobil. I think that's a good spot to play because uh, yeah. it's uh, Playmobil. We've got uh, Ghostbusters two figures right around the corner here mm-hmm. uh, at some point in February. I, I mean, I know there have been release dates uh, that have been bouncing around, but I guess that sort of depends on if you are uh, pre ordering pre ordering them on Amazon or if you're going to a local store or where you're going to be picking up these Playmobil toys. But um, they have decided to really start their advertising campaign, which is great because people can get an eye. I- on what they're calling uh, Playmogram 3D. Basically, the holograms that we talked about a few episodes ago, where you can put the trap on top of your your uh, smartphone, your iPhone, your tablet uh, device, and it will project a ghost into the trap. Uh, it's it's very cool, and the commercial really sells it. It's one of those classic, like, you know, end with a missile-firing rocket commercial or Kung Fu Grip commercial. I, I love it. Yeah. It's, it's very toy uh very nostalgic uh, for, especially for Ghostbusters fans out there. So um, it's pretty cool. I don't is the app available, Chris? I didn't think to look and see if we, you can actually download the app yet.
2: I'm trying to clarify. I thought it was built into the the game app. That oh, was is my it understanding. In the
1: game. I thought it was a separate app.
2: Um, no, and I, I <laughs> it would have been nice if I checked this out beforehand, uh-huh. but in talking to Playmobil, I got the impression that, cause they mentioned, uh, it's an, uh, an update.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Well, that so, makes sense. You want more people to download it, it, that game in the first place yeah. too. Yeah.
2: Well, cause then you're starting from scratch, you yeah. know what I mean? Whereas this way, you know, people who haven't gotten the app, yeah, you can tell them go do this, but it, you know, I'm assuming that if you fire up the app, it'll also, you know, mentioned to you oh by the way if you have one of the guys you can do this now or whatever uh, so, okay. so keep, what... keep the installed user base that that was my assumption i won't stand no i will stand by it yeah I, it. I, I'm that makes by a whole
1: it. lot more sense from a logistical point of uh, why why have two apps for Playmobil if you can have everybody built in already so yeah that makes sense um so hey the app is already out there because it's the game awesome pick it up and, and be ready for it. So, uh, yeah, all four figures are going to be available soon. Um, the press release that Playmobil was kind enough to send over it has them at $10.99 each, but uh, probably a strong yeah. chance you'll get them a little bit cheaper than that uh, if you go go to your shop, I, go to your Amazons, and, and pick them up there.
2: I do like that you can get just the figures individually. Oh, I think, uh, yeah. For anybody who wasn't keen on buying, because you had to buy it was like uh, the car and slimer was by himself with the hot dog man yeah slimer um, was by
1: himself but then peter came with like dana or one of the yeah, terror dogs something and then like that janine was only in the uh firehouse and which is not a which is not a bad thing
2: uh, i mean those sets are great and you know but the thing is is their higher price point because of all that extra stuff so if you're just like oh it'd be nice to have like a set of the guys playing like because i not a figure collector we've talked about this before but i do like collecting uh stay puffs i do like collecting uh slimer and i do like collecting sets of the guys Um, so, you know, the Titan minis and all that, I kind of went nuts and all that, but I would have been happy if I could have, could have just gotten the four guys. If I can just get the four guys, I like collecting that set over and over and over again. So, you know, to be able to buy just the Ghostbusters two guys is really kind of keen. Um, you
1: know, and then the app thing on top of it. Yeah. And then the app thing. And, and it seems like they all come with a lot of (coughs) accessories, like all of the figures come with the packs obviously. And then a trap obviously, but then it looks like they all come with the PKE meter and Um, so you're, you're getting a good bang for the, whatever, $10 or $11 that you end up spending per figure. Um, unlike, I mean, it's crazy. You go to Target and like Star Wars action figures now, just the three and three quarter inch are more expensive than this. You know, they're 12 bucks, 13 bucks. I know.
2: Going back to your favorite, uh, Toys That Made Us, those, uh, those little guys were intended to be an easy entry point. Like a a low point of purchase. Yeah, what happened? Action figure for kids <laughs> in the seventies, and now it's like, uh, well, it's not for kids anymore. It's for the the kids that should have grown up and gotten the hell out of the way. Uh, <laughs> exactly. For I the say kids that as heart, basically a kid who should have grown up and got out of the way. I'm telling the rest of us, this is not right. We yeah. we, we we broke something. <laughs> Your first taste <laughs>
1: was essentially free when you were buying those uh, three and three quarter inch figures for whatever, $1.99, $2 at uh, Woolworth, and now you go to Target and you're going to pay $13 for that same figure. Yeah. So uh, anyway.
2: The but, one thing that I was thinking, though, that would have been cool is, uh, uh, Playmobil, Playmobil make a note, is if they had d- designed the uh, the Ecto so that the the rack could have popped on and off and you could have sold us the four guys. With a a, oh. a a quarter of the Ghostbusters two roof rack,
1: well, I guess so technically. when I mean, re- the roof pops off of the Ecto to get the figures. in, they could have just given you a totally different yeah. roof. Oh yeah, right. Oh, why or didn't fi- they reach out find, to us for or that? Or find
2: one, I know one more figure that I I expect that toy companies all have a list it's not that we're geniuses or anything like that. I expect that a lot of this stuff has already been thought about and there was reasons against it and they walked away. But I just want to go on the record as saying, I would have gone the other way <laughs> if, if I had had a vote, which I didn't. Um, yeah, I mean, it would have been a little, a little. Um, well, I mean, making it so it pops in and out, you know, that's not that much more expensive. And maybe a tad more expensive if, for example, they'd come up with a way to um, – uh, like, I don't know, magnets so you could pop on uh, the Ghostbusters 2 logo oh, under the doors yeah. or the
1: hood. Or like those static uh, vinyl stickies or something that could have gone over top of the other logos or something yeah. like that.
2: Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah. That's such a and great then, idea. I don't know what you could. I mean, in theory, if they've sold the fire hall, you could put a kit together with this new roof rack. And I don't know, maybe the, the tool set. Yeah. The funny part is the tool set that Ray uses probably exists in another garage toy set somewhere with <laughs> Playmobil. So really you're not creating from scratch. And then, I don't know, maybe you need to throw
1: somebody in there. I just don't know what though. Yeah. Oh, got the I mean, guys. Yeah, and then you end up getting the sign you get the the Ghostbusters 2 logo sign for the fire hall too. Yeah, you, you could, could have made a
2: fire hall, a Ghostbusters 2 fire hall pack sort yeah. of thing.
1: They could still do that. They could sell, okay, you've got the Ghostbusters 2 figures, you've got oh. the Ecto, oh, I got here's it. your accessory pack. I absolutely got it. it you, uh, one of the
2: workmen, which is just a generic guy. So you find a generic guy somewhere in the Playmobil set, and you put him in, and you give him the tall board. It's the guy with the tall board walking to wherever <laughs> the hell he's like to <laughs> nowhere. The, the worker, the workman extra the from workman the first Ghostbusters.
1: <laughs> I paid money for that, <laughs> and and that's actually what it says on the package too. It's just like workman extra, workman extra,
2: workman extra, and what's the uh, the guy putting up the sign? Uh, oh, is it another Lenny?
1: Subtle? Uh no. Oh no, you don't think it's too subtle? You don't think it's subtle, do you? Anyways, yeah, there, they could have done that. really, uh, that would have been awesome. I, I mean, there's still a chance they could. I mean, why not? That's if, true. If this, uh, the the playmogram technology, once all the kids have that, if you want the collectors <laughs> to uh, go all in, yeah. do, like do a, another four pack. Do the variation because they're in their charcoal uniforms. Do the variation where right. so they're in their tan uniforms. and uh, I got this
2: worked out. You ready? The, 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 yeah. What? I who, totally who? got this worked out. He's got it. All right. This may be a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. Okay. Oh, But what you do yeah. is you go into the Playmobil uh, vault. You pull out one of those uh, cherry picker trucks because I'm pretty sure they've done something like it. You put in the extra roof rack and the Ghostbusters 2 sign. And it comes with the four guys in their their casual gear, yes. so Peter Peter in his everybody can relax. I found the car. Same with Ray, uh, uh, Winston in his checkered thing, and and uh, yeah, and and you put those in, and what you've got is the upgrading to Ghostbusters two. Or suits. I guess if it's Ghostbusters 2, you put the guy in their suits, the courtroom suits, yeah. But but the point is, is, it comes with uh, it comes with the cherry picker that changes the sign on the fire <laughs> hall at the beginning <laughs> of Ghostbusters too. Because that's what kids dream about playing out. I was gonna in say that's great play value for
1: one. <laughs> hey everybody, we're gonna change the sign again. <laughs> hey everybody, we're here to change the sign again. Again. <laughs> Marty. Oh, man. You don't think it's too subtle, do you? Marty. Marty. It was a Marty. That's it. He's a Marty. But He's uh, a Marty. All right, so yeah, play Playmobil, go check those out. I'm excited to pick those up just because any Ghostbusters 2 merchandise, I'm still I gotta pick up my uh Diamond Select Vigo and Janosch and I just I, I love the fact that we get play uh it, just any type of Ghostbusters two materials after the fact so yeah uh aw- awesome thanks so much Playmobil for doing this for us uh, they always they'd never fail to amaze us and uh, I love those I love those toys so uh, let's see no, also oh. Man, I really want to gush about this. I actually should have led with this because I've been dying to talk to you about it. But A futile and Stupid Gesture on Netflix. Uh, I, have you had a chance to watch? Probably it just came out on Friday night, I want to say, as we record this. So it's, it's only no. been about 24 hours. Uh, I don't think I have. And we
2: run the risk too that depending, it may or may not have ended up in Canada because a slim portion of things
1: it may have a different distributor. But so uh, for those of you who are not familiar a "Feudal and Stupid Gesture," a reference to a line that is said in Animal House. um, It is the story of of Doug Kenny, who uh, if you are a, a longtime Ghostbusters fan, that name should not be. Uh, too unfamiliar to you. Uh, You may not know him by name, you may not know him by face, but you will certainly know him as one of the founders of the Harvard Lampoon slash National Lampoon Magazine. And it's his story, Will Forte plays him, Um, but it's a must-see for Ghostbusters fans because in addition to Doug Kenney being Will Forte and Matt Walsh playing Matty Simmons and all of these characters that were essential to the, the Lampoon Magazine, um, you also have uh, Christer Johnson playing Michael C. Gross and he is spot on. You actually see him wow. like young Michael C. Gross uh, a drawing. And then you see him a little bit later and he's got the cool shaggy hair and the beard that we're used to seeing him with. Um, they also have John Daly playing Bill Murray, which I-, I was kind of skeptical at first about, but John Daly nails it. He has the voice down. He has the mannerisms. It's, it reminds me of when they cast like uh, Chris Pine and Zach Quinto for uh, Kirk and Spock. It's like they they look different, but they have that same. They evoke the same feeling of these characters. Uh, yeah. And 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 the movie is self-referential. They know that they cast people that don't look like these actors and they even say that. And it's very funny. So um, so, yeah, so you got John Daly's Bill Murray. Uh, Rick Glassman plays Harold Ramis. Joel McHale plays Chevy Chase. Uh, Lonnie Ross is a dead ringer for Ivan Reitman. They have some shots where he's in the background uh, just in profile, and he looks just like Ivan Reitman. It's it's crazy. It's And, and on top of that, it's such a good movie. It's just so well-made and so funny and so heartfelt, and uh, I had tears in my eyes at the end of the movie uh, for various reasons. And it's, it's just the attention to detail that they have. I mean, it's it's not spoiling anything, but uh, at one point they are on a a studio lot. Uh, they kind of cheat; they make Universal and Warner Brothers one and the same because Caddyshack and uh, yeah. Animal House two different studios. But um, so they're on a movie studio lot, and a tour uh, tram goes <laughs> by, and you'll never believe who the tour guide is. It's Babs from Animal House, the the real the actress that played Babs in Animal wow. House is doing the tour. So they've they've really done their homework uh, for those people that have the 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 know-how and the knowledge to look at that and be like, oh, take the Universal Studios uh, tram tour. Ask for Babs. That's Babs. Oh my God. How funny. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely worth a, a watch. Uh, I I want to read the book now. I never actually got a chance to read the book, so it's kind of inspired me to go back and reread the book that it's based upon. But mm. um, check check it out, everybody. It's it's good. Maybe what when you have a chance to see it, hopefully you can see it up on uh, Canada Netflix. We can chat more in depth about it because it's again, for Ghostbusters fans, they don't, uh, they don't necessarily mention Ghostbusters obviously, because this is pre-Ghostbusters, but you know, you see Harold Ramis, the character of Harold Ramis directing Caddyshack. You see Ivan Reitman um, arguing with the animal house executives at Universal Studios about certain aspects of the film. Um, It's, it's so wild. It's so cool to see. So yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to gush because it's amazing, and everybody so, out there should watch it.
2: Hot on the heels of starting a <laughs> volunteering me for a book club, you're you're starting a film <laughs> club. A film club, is that what's a film going on club yes.
1: Well, what we could do is you could watch the film, and then we could do a book club for the book. There we go. <laughs> this so is getting really, out of hand. Get it out. Yeah, exactly. Just completely. We'll have movie club, book club, magazine club, car club, um, club, club club. Play club on. club <laughs> yeah it's a club for clubs uh so uh the, the bill murray documentary now that i'm thinking about it speaking of john daly as bill murray is that out that not not the one that the ghost heads guys are working on but the other bill murray documentary
2: yeah the the one that that actress comedian did yes yeah is that the one yes it yeah. is
1: is it on where is it is it on netflix um,
2: <clears throat> amazon? no it's uh i don't know about amazon but uh it is on itunes
1: oh it's on. okay let me uh just see if i can find it here i was actually calling it up you know what's so funny is you know whatever uh 10 15 years ago the conversation would have been what channel was it on abc nbc cbc uh we only had three <coughs> four channels that we could have been talking about now we're like what streaming service is it on netflix amazon itunes <laughs> Uh, Sony's yeah, like crackle it. because it's not crackle, crackle anymore, it's Sony's crackle.
2: That's right. Well, it always was, let's be honest.
1: It, well, yeah, it always was, but but alas, uh, so so at any rate, so while you're pulling that up, uh, Chris, I can tell you yeah. the the ghost heads guys they're still working on crowdfunding and they're also soliciting stories for people, uh, on their. I think it's, what's the name of it? Bill Murray stories or the myth of Bill Murray, something to that effect, but, um, the legend, the, the myth, legend, the myth, the man, the, man, the <clears> mystique <throat> the, of Murray.
2: Uh, the one we started talking about was the Bill Murray experience.
1: Bill Murray experience. Yes.
2: By Sadie
1: Katz. And it's on uh, iTunes now for, for the purchase and the rentals.
2: It, for the purchase and for the rentals. And it's no, it's no messing around. Um. Uh, she talked to cause I'm just looking at the uh, Google pop-up of cast has Bill Murray. I don't, I don't know well, that that's a promise yeah, don't that know Bill Murray that. will show up. I think that's just cause clips of him are all over the place, but she did talk to uh, PJ souls, uh, his brother, Joel. Um, who else? Um, yeah, that's a good long list of people that worked with him or know him that she got to sit down and talk about it. Um, Oh yeah, Joel it's, PJ it's, Souls. Yeah, I'm looking at it too. It's slightly odd the premise because it's it's, it's it, <coughs> pardon me. It's um, if you watch the trailer, it's kind of like her trying to you know get her life going as an actress in L.A. and she realizes she's partying too much, so she wants to turn things around. And this is kind of it, like this doing this documentary. It's one half. I'm going to grow up and put childish things behind me and focus on making this thing, which is, you know, takes a lot of work and effort and dedication. While at the same time, and I also want to go meet my hero, and <laughs> which is also weird because her hero happens to be one of, you know, a legendary party animal. To a, uh, yeah, in a certain and one of way, the right? hardest so,
1: to find people, uh, human <laughs> possible that she so, could have chosen. Yeah, it kind of reminds me, there was that John Hughes documentary a long time ago. It was been like, I don't know, 10, 15 years at this don't, point. Don't
2: you forget about me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Where those, that's a great one. Yeah. The guys go searching for John Hughes and it's like a coming of age story of them trying to find John Hughes. And along the way they, you know, meet up with Anthony Michael Hall and a whole bunch of people. But, um, well the photo right here on iTunes has her next to a golf cart with Bill Murray in it. So I assume that she does end up finding Bill Murray. That's a big spoilers alert. Come on iTunes. Why would you put that right there?
2: (laughs) Well, still. Uh it's very intriguing. I really really do want to see it. If for no other reason than just to hear other people talk about, you know, Bill Murray. Like his brother talk about Bill Murray. We don't yeah. we know bits and pieces of their childhood and all that sort of thing. So it'd be
1: I think that'd be good. And that's, yeah, that's one of the best parts of watching the extra innings with he and his brother, Brian Doyle Murray is just ha- seeing the interactions between the two of them, even if they are scripted and a lot of it, a lot of them are bits that the two of them are doing, but it's, it's cool to just see the two of them interacting as brothers. I, I love it. So uh, yeah. yeah, check that out. The Bill Murray experience uh, is up on, It actually, looks like it's on, uh, on Amazon for three ninety nine as well. So uh, oh, perfect. you can, you can get in a few different places. Um, all right. Let's see. We have a few other bits here. We, we do have a discussion topic I want to get to. Um. So, okay. Paul Fee got his Nickelodeon's Kid Choice Award. Very cool. It's actually a kaleidoscope. I, I love the fact that their awards are kaleidoscopes that you can look through. A kaleidoscope um, Zeppelin. A kaleidoscope Zeppelin. Yes, the uh, Nickelodeon Zeppelin logo uh, is what that, o- that award is. Very cool. Um, they, they won the award uh, almost a year or two years ago at this point. So it's funny that they don't get the award until yeah. just now. Um, he was also doing a signing at the Perky Nerd here in Burbank, uh, California, for the Answer the Call in One Hundred One Comics. Uh, so we've got a, a lot of great photos out of that. But this is all a long way to, to get to talking about crossing over, uh, because IDW is really pulling out all the stops on uh, press and promotions, and they they're really proud of crossing over. Even to the point where I saw an interview with uh, Burnham in. Uh, I think it was previews magazine where he said, yeah, we, we kind of had that in the back of our head. We thought we were going to do it in 2019 for the anniversary. And then when Tom Waltz said, let's do crossing over, we said, are you sure you don't want to wait on this one? This is like, this is the best one for the anniversary and they're, they're gung ho. They want to do it right now because it's such a cool idea and they're all excited about it. So, um, so yeah, Eric uh, actually have his, his full quote here. Uh, he says, once we crossed over with the real Ghostbusters, we felt it was a foregone conclusion that we do another bigger Ghostbusters team up with more teams, smaller crossovers happened first, but this was always on our radar. Though, to be honest, the biggest surprise was not waiting for the 35th anniversary in 2019. I was pitching a much smaller story when editor Tom Waltz said, no, let's do this one. So yeah, it's, uh, they have been talking about this crossing over for a long time and, uh, I think that's that's pretty awesome. But the, the reason I bring this this interview up, Chris, is they touch on something that you and I talked about two mm-hmm. episodes ago. At this point, mm-hmm. the crisis on Infinite Earths parallels here, uh, ah. because you and I had debated. You know, this is kind of a crisis esque uh, mashup of all of the universes and all of the Earths coming together. Uh, and so the uh, <laughs> the the interviewer, Vince, says. It said in the January previews that this series is the Ghostbusters version of Crisis on Infinite Earth. So give us a heads up on the egos that clash in the series. Who gets who gets in whose face first? Who wants to be the loudest voice in the room? And Burnham says, When I think Crisis, I think of worlds permanently merging into one, and that's not going to happen here. There goes my theory. Ah, boo. This almost feels a little bit more like Secret Wars, and that everyone gets pulled in to deal with something... Dot, dot, dot. Heck, I guess we're just like a little bit of both, but that's beside the point. Most of the canon of Ghostbusters are decent folks who just aim to do the job and or gain further scientific knowledge. So, uh, shot shot my theory out of the window that it was going to be one merged universe uh, on the tail end of Crossing Over, but... Uh, it's cool that it is going to be an event of crisis proportions, though. So and and his ominous ellipses there that he put there when they have to deal with something, we kind of assume that it would be something big enough that it necessitated every Ghostbuster from every universe to have to deal with it. Uh, and and. Uh I don't know. I'm excited. I'm really excited that we're again being spoiled by IDW because we've got the annual that's coming out in, uh, I don't know, four weeks here, February 28th, <coughs> the annual comes out. So that's another 40 pages of Ghostbusters goodness. We've got the answer, the call comics that are still coming out. Um, and, uh, with this right around the corner, it's IDW. We love you guys. We love you. We love everybody, but we love the IDW guys a little bit more. So I'm not <laughs> just saying, Uh, what other bits do we have here? Um, oh, Ernie Hudson will be at Atlanta's days of the dead. I'm looking at you. Yes, have some podcast, uh, February 2nd and 4th. That's this coming week. Uh, speaking of yes, have some Kurt Fuller was on their podcast. So if you want to give him a listen, it's uh, a lot of fun to hear those guys uh, interviewing him. Um oh and then uh the Stranger Things figures we didn't talk about those that's another small little uh news item the Yeah uh McFarlane Toys uh <laughs> at one of the conventions has an empty box with some silhouettes in it uh so there's not much to talk about quite yet but uh they will be selling a set of all four uh, Stranger Things uh, gentlemen young gentlemen in their ghostbusters yeah. costumes from season 2 uh and at McFarlane's Stranger <laughs> Things action figures are awesome like the 11 figure is really great and they they pour a lot of there's attention to detail in all of the sculpts and they put a lot of accessories in with them and so yeah the
2: downside to mcfarland has always been they're not extremely playable toys going back to our earlier yeah. comments this
1: is not for this is this goes up on your <coughs> shelf this is again for the kid at heart uh more than the uh, playmobile set well if i understand correctly because i
2: just posted i hadn't heard the the any other details at the time uh it, the photo showed up on twitter so i, I and i retweeted it later found out that this is not just for the grown-up kids this is for a like the one percenters of the grown-up kids because it doesn't exist apparently they're pulling the same thing as with the uh, mattel's ecto they're oh. waiting on pre-orders to figure out if it's going to get they made to see if people will
1: buy it. it it is in the hundreds of dollars range because oh my god i did not know that either <clears throat> interesting yeah. Okay, so this is this is a you buy in and hopefully they make them kind of thing. Yeah. They're uh, not making them you know the whatever large amounts they make in a
2: regular run. This is obviously they're counting on a smaller number, but the smaller number you know requires the uh, the higher price point, and uh, I don't know.
1: Interesting. I wonder it, why it was, they would because like Funko Pop, they they did all of the guys uh, Ghostbusters. I wonder if they're just. They're looking at their cost of making these versus the cost of distributing them to every major marketing uh, or or every every major market to targets and WalMarts and yeah. GameStops, and and they they just can't uh, can't make it float. But huh. different
2: different different spreadsheet accounting I think is going on and and different decisions were made. Um, it also probably goes a long way to say that the cute Funko stuff has a wider appeal.
1: I guess the, yeah, the that's super true.
2: realistic McFarlane stuff, and the higher price point of McFarlane stuff because anybody can pick up a Funko pop for you know less than fifteen bucks, whereas uh, <laughs> this is a couple hundred dollars. That's
1: yeah, quite a difference. Yeah,
2: and I mean even if they he, even if this was a regular McFarlane fig, McFarlane figs are like thirty five bucks a pop or something like that. You know, they're, yeah. they're not oh, they're yeah. not
1: inexpensive. So. Um, but they – I mean, they do they do sell at Toys R Us if the Toys R Us near you is not closing, sadly. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, you may want to check into that, everybody. That's uh, what, 180 uh, yeah, are closing yeah, down. A whole mess of them are closing down. I, I looked and the couple near me are still staying open, but uh, yeah. I'd,
2: uh, I'd check anyways just because I feel a lot of st- stock will get moved over, but they oftentimes – if they don't have to deal with it, they prefer it that way. So there will be, you know, you blow out clearing out sales, yeah. Uh, and there's still quite a few things. Um, the Lego, not so much, but the Dimensions
1: stuff is on there. Oh yeah, and the di- um, I imagine some of the diamond toys will probably be there. Uh, uh, for yeah, some of the diamond toys.
2: Um, you, you know, it never hurts to hit the Hot Wheels. See if maybe the uh, any of the uh, cars are floating around.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh,
2: or the last couple of copies of the uh, protect the barrier
1: um. Yeah, board protect game. Protect the barrier. They did the last time I went to a Toys R Us. They still had some of the answer the call merchandise there too. Like if uh, if you don't have yeah. any of those figures or you held out on some of the ghosts, uh, they may be there with uh, some deep discounts too. But I mean, yeah. it's it's sad to see another brick and mortar struggling the way that that Toys R Us is now. But uh,
2: well, it's this yeah. weird irony that everything used to be mom and pop big box stores and toys r us let's be honest was kind of the first wave of this big box phenomena kind of killed those off um and then but hovering in the background was this thing that people at the time weren't that weren't that familiar with but by now are absolutely familiar with and that's the world's ultimate big box store which is you know amazon and all that and so Or if you want, if you want to put a silver lining on it, uh, Toys R Us has its own online store too, right? Like yeah, yeah,
1: and and we'll still continue
2: to have some and continue. Well, I think it was announced in one of the restructuring things was they would be putting a heavier focus on their, uh, uh, you know, they'd be uh, some more serious thought would be put into their online sales thing because if they're going to download, you know, or not download but downgrade all these these uh, storefronts, then yeah, they want to, but that's, that's ultimately what it is, is it is sad to see these stores go because it's handy to have them, but you know, it's kill or be killed as it turns out and all (laughs) Amazon was sitting on waiting was, and what they were literally waiting on was, was Prime because Prime made it a non-thought for most everybody. Yeah. As long as your grandma knew how to plug in her credit card, she was thrilled that she could get, you know, the, I don't know, the latest
1: Danielle Steele book and, 48 hours. So. Yeah, you buy it and it's there tomorrow. Um, but That's what uh, grandmas read, right? Daniel Steele? Daniel Steele? Just, you know, I, I guess. think so. Steamy. <laughs> mm. uh, well, I I mean, yeah, I never really made that uh, connection either that, yeah, Toys R Us put all of the mom and pop shops out of business. Even all of the other sort of not, I guess, small box, we can't call them big box, but like KB Toys and Lionel's Playworld and all of those vanished and went the way of the Dodo because of Toys R Us. So Mall fronts. I mean, the the larger versions, essentially they're,
2: those were mom and pops that started to get franchising going and they were kind of all over the place, but they did not aim higher than filling up the average mall storefront as opposed to a, you know, a Toys R Us, which was like, we need we need a massive Sears-sized storefront <laughs> yeah.
0: <flat>. for everything,
1: <laughs> for everything. So yeah, so, it's just yeah. <laughs> uh, so safe to say, those McFarlane toys will not be at your Toys R Us, even if it still exists. They will not be at your Toys R Us. Um, but uh, go check out your Toys R Us because there's a good chance there's some Ghostbuster stuff there on a deep discount.
0: My name is Erica, and I'm a participant in the biggest podcast since 1909. You are a most fortunate individual. My name is Mark, and I am a participant in the biggest podcast since 1909. For the super 10 is going to be pissed. My name is Christopher, and I'm a participant in the biggest podcast since 1909. It's crazy, you know. <laughs>
1: All right, the main discussion topic of the day, of the week, I guess I should say, Chris. Okay. Uh, this is this is what I'm calling the Ghostbusters sequel that never was. Now, <laughs> there are several of those, so we have to make the distinction that this is not the uh, Ghostbusters uh, 3 script, or the Ghostbusters Hellbent script, or the... Uh, Drew Pierce uh, stab at Ghostbusters. There are a lot of Ghostbusters sequels yeah. uh, that, that could that could fill that uh, description. But what we are talking about is the Answer the Call sequel that never was. Um, and it's the reason that we talk about that I wanted to talk about this is uh, a lot of the conceptual artists that have worked on the films, there is that grace period that they they let the movie be the movie and then they put everything for their portfolio up there so that they can get more work on more movies. And that's where we reap the benefits because we get to see all of their art and all of their amazing ideas and things that they came up with for answer the call or for any other movie that they work on, uh, that ultimately were, were not used. Um, and, and the benefit of that is because there is usually a blue sky period where these artists come in and they say, look, You're designing for Ghostbusters. We have no script. We have no ideas. We just want you guys to put pen to paper and see what you come up with, uh, ghosts and vehicles and technology and anything and everything, and hopefully it will spark something that we will use in the script, and you are kind of here for that process. So um, the most recent Tully Summers art, that's the stuff that uh, I, I wanted to talk about because there is one item in there that would have been the coolest thing to see in a Ghostbusters live action movie. That, as a producer, makes my head hurt because it is logistically impossible. You cannot physically produce this particular thing, there's no way to make it happen. It's got to be a, a CG element of some sort. But, um, so Tully Summers released all of his concept art, including a lot of the yeah, ghosts that he did. He, he, um, there was a comic-con sequence, I guess at one point, instead of a metal concert, it was going to be a comic-con sequence, uh, where the, uh, busters encountered, uh, their first ghost. And so he's got a lot of cool uh, designs for that. Um, he has, uh, a gangster design, which, and we knew this too, at one point, Slimer's origins were going to be revealed that he was a gangster that when they shoot him, he rips in half and he turns into Slimer. Um, and Slimer, by the way, Hully's version of Slimer is awesome and frightening and cool. I mean, definitely not evocative of the onion head that we all know. Well, I guess he—you he, kind of see some comparisons. So
2: it adds a, a layer of horror to the to the, the the ghost that's not there in any other version.
1: Yeah, he's a lot more angular. His head is a lot more <coughs> angular. He's got these really long uh, fangs. Uh, Slimer looks a lot more vicious and scary in in Tully's world here. But, uh, but anyway, I've gone a long way around the block to talk about the Ecto-2. This is a vehicle that Tully designed even to the point where he modeled it in 3D so you would see how things would move and change and how doors would open and compartments would reveal themselves. Um, the Ecto-2, apparently in... One iteration of the Paul Feig and Katie Dippold script, the government embraced the Ghostbusters and in fact outfitted them with high tech equipment and, you know, either gave them the funding for Holtzman to create this stuff or maybe Holtzman wasn't even in the picture at that point. But uh, the the result that comes out of that is this like. I don't know, a sport utility RV looking vehicle. It looks like kind of a Eurovan crossed with a Winnebago crossed with the EM 50 from stripes. (laughs) Like I don't know how to say it. It
2: drew drew a lot of uh, instant stripes comparisons.
1: Yeah. Um, but, but such awesome ideas like the, uh, it has this sort of like suicide door on the side that that's how everybody would get in and out of it. And then in the back, um, if you watch the 3d, um, like model that he like he's done a turntable. The packs were going to be on this rack that pulled out of the back, uh, kind of like I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. like almost like a a a laundry uh, rack that kind of comes out of the back of the car and then it's on like a little spinner so the packs rotate and you can put them on. Um, he like dreamed up the way that the Ecto bike was going to come out of the RV. It's in like this gull wing side compartment that opens up and deposits the bike onto the road. Um, he even did like, uh, kind of like the dark Knight's bat pod at, at, I don't know why or how, or for what purpose, but the front of the vehicle could open and a small little one, a uh, single seater uh, vehicle will pop out of it and drive. Uh, it, it's, I look at this and I go, I want that. I want that toy. I want that to be in the movie. Why was that not in the movie? Oh my God, that's so cool. Uh, and it really got me thinking like, why, well, we know why some of this stuff didn't happen. Um, but what elements that we've now seen, Chris, have you sort of sparked to and be like, wow, I wish I would have seen that in the movie? Because we've seen quite a bit. We've seen like classic traps with RC car wheels. We've seen, of course, all of the stuff that I just described from Tully. Uh, it seems like this movie could have gone in a vastly different direction. Do you think that would have been a good thing? <clears throat> um, boy. <laughs> well, we're, we're we not had necessarily a good thing, but <coughs> it's something that you would have wanted to see on the screen that we were not treated to at that point in time. We talked
2: about this before um, with other stuff, right? Like if it had been done different, would it have been okay? And it's kind of like, well, about as okay as it could have been not okay, right? It's hard, really hard to yeah, say because yeah. especially since he's got – you know this kernel of an idea that he illustrates, and then it still has to go through. You know how it's it appears in the script and how the actors and everybody plays it out, how the effects get made. You know what I mean? Like, sure, is it even <coughs>
1: used in the story? So it could have the capability of doing all of these things, but yeah, maybe the ecto bike is never in the script in this at this point, and then it's gone. Who knows?
2: I th- I think a few things like the high tech. The high tech one, because I think he wrote up in his thing that it was supposed to be that at the end, the government goes, well, you're working for us, so, you know, we're rich. You know, that got played out as you can have whatever you want. Here's the fire hall, which, you know, makes a certain amount of uh, traditional sense, but there was this idea of, you know here you can have the super thing and i think somebody sat down and said <laughs> but the ecto right like the, the yeah. thing is supposed to be the ecto and why why bother so that got cut so i don't think that would have been a that great um but the gangster thing
1: like sli- the origins of, of Slimer. Yeah, yeah
2: see no i would have i would have passed on that too just mm. cuz then you're creating a like a Every iteration of slimer, whether he's been more aimed at kids or not, stays to this you know this this fairly close to a baseline. This was moving off the baseline pretty heavily yeah well and so I, I don't know I, mean, I don't know if I would have liked that
1: i mean I, I know a lot of the 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 critiques and the concerns were that it was not a continuation of of the the movies and the franchise that we know and love, but if it would have differentiated itself even more, I wonder if that would have helped it. Like if Slimer would have been this vicious, uh, frankly scary looking uh, ghost, I wonder if that would have changed some opinions or if it would have changed things just in general, if it would have made it a totally different movie and made it feel like it stood on its own a little bit more. Like it wasn't having to rely upon uh, (coughs) the original films. Yeah, then
2: you got to start looking ahead at things like, but they ended up using Slimer to, you know, to sort out the Rowan issue at the end by stealing the Ecto. How does that work if he's a gangster? Like it's just, you can kind of see. And if anything, this should just make people respect the movie a bit. They don't have to like it, but at least respect it a bit more. That movies are hard to make, (laughs) and this is a this is a really good example of it. Like if you if you put your brain to it uh, and kind of extrapolate out, Uh, it was very cool, definitely. And actually, the design maybe would have been cool. I just don't know about the gangstery bit. Yeah, the gangstery bit.
1: And I I had apprehensions about that when we heard. I don't. It was. It was before. Before we had seen anything for the movie, but yeah. we had heard that they were going to explore the origins of Slimer, and he was going to be this gangster, and that's that's why they were casting actors for it. And I was like, oh, I don't know that you want a little bit of the the mystery there to remain. But um, but I also I also think it would have required a lot of explanation.
2: There was <laughs> let's put it this way: look at all the stuff they cut out to give us the cut that we had. Where would you put room in to somehow explain this gangster enough that it made sense when he got turned into Slimer? I think anything they tried, all people would have said was, "Is wow, that was a really janky way to shoehorn Slimer into the movie." Already trying to do
1: so much, yeah. So it's it's interesting also seeing so the 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 Slimer that they ended up with, and and including Lady Slimer later on a far more cartoony than this would have been this, this looks more sort of macabre. And uh, if, if Guillermo del Toro would have done a Ghostbusters movie, it's almost like this this is his (laughs) Slimer. Um, But, but it, it sort of, it demonstrates how fine of a line you have to, to sort of tread with this movie because it it can't be too scary, but it also can't be too goofy at the same time because it is, it's a comedy, it's a horror. It's, it has to be these two things simultaneously. So we, we've almost seen the two polar extremes here. They went with the Looney Tunes, uh, you know, Chuck Jones, Lady Slimer with the pink bow in her hair, but it could have been something completely in the opposite end of the spectrum. Um, and maybe there was something in between there akin to kind of what IDW does. He's, he looks like Slimer, but he is a little more grotesque. He is a little bit more edgy. It could have just been different to see. It, it, it probably yeah. would have ended up like the. It definitely Joel would Kinnaman have been RoboCop. To see. It would have been different, but um, yeah. So anyway, check check out this concept art. Hopefully, there at some point there's going to be an art book or a making of or. I mean, it's, yeah. it's probably a pipe dream at this point, but at least it's all out there for us to see, uh, because these artists have put it out there, and 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 it's cool to well, just see that development process.
2: Well, uh, it's funny that you should mention that because, um, a couple people that saw it, uh, posted around and all that, they commented that it'd be amazing to have an art of the movie book. And, uh, Paul Feig responded to one saying, that would oh. be amazing.
1: Oh, so, oh, I didn't see that. Oh, how funny.
2: Yeah. Again, I, yeah, of course he would love it. I don't of, think that's an, in any way yeah, an indication that it's going to happen, but, uh. <clears> but it's, <clears throat> it's nice to know that he would love to see that too. So, um. The, 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 the. The most interesting stuff to walk away from looking at this stuff is it it answers a couple questions. One I noticed and one somebody else pointed out and I went, oh yeah, which is the Comic-Con one kind of explains as somebody put it, oh, you know? no, not now, buddy. You know how you said we got to go? Well, you're making it longer by being <laughs> here, okay? Okay. Okay, go. Bye. Upstairs. You're getting cold now, aren't you? (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry. This is what we get for recording on a weekend. That's okay. But we're almost done. We're almost done. Um, Uh, The Comic-Con explains is what you're saying. The Comic-Con explained
2: uh, it made more sense that the Ghostbusters would do a bust in an afternoon if it was Comic Con versus why the rock concert? Don't get me wrong, you know rock rock concerts have merch tables and all this, but the hallway out front was presented way more as a uh, as a you know it kind of had a convention-y feel to it. And then it's like really Ozzy Osbourne and all these acts are playing in the you know the middle of the day at a in an <laughs> opera house. It was a very it, w- it yeah. worked enough, but when you stopped and thought about it, you went, "Yeah, that's a little odd." Uh, so it was, that made, that made a certain amount of sense that first draft was going to a comic con and I think somebody went, boy, that's a bit too on the nose, uh, too
1: on the (laughs) nose. Or I almost wonder if it it, it, overdone. Yeah. Overdone. And I wonder just because it does like, it feels like it was a last minute decision. Like all of a sudden they had been planning for it to be a small comic con at a church or uh, like the shrine auditorium here in LA does their comic con that's like right in the main auditorium gymnasium whatever it is um so i wonder if it was going to be something like that and then they noticed that maybe the comic-con crowd was not really feeling the movie and they decided well if we make fun of comic-con we're going to be in a deeper hole let's Head in another yeah. direction, and and then so they were like, well, let's do a metal concert as fast as humanly possible, and and cast all of these extras who would have been Comic Con people instead as like metalheads and people in goth gear and stuff. So yeah, it's it's another
2: good example of making movies is hard. It's hard
1: and stuff changes, and you just kind of have to roll with it. Yeah. So uh, somebody yeah, else so-
2: pointed out too that his sketches uh, go a long way to explain uh, why the mayhem uh action figure doesn't look quite like it does in the movie. Because yeah. it looks a lot more akin like to one his of his drawing. Yeah. His drawings. Um and we saw that in a couple of places. The Rowan with a you know a tail and stuff like that is uh, in one of the figures. It was just Stuff that uh, <clears throat> you know got altered along the way, but the toy guys had to get their stuff rolling. So they yeah, there we I are. I the
1: the lead time on toys I think is like ten, twelve months. So they were probably yeah. working off of Tully off summers of, drawing, and exactly. And right. by the time so, they saw the final green version that looked more like a dragon, they were like, "Well, oh, shit, <laughs> I don't know what we're gonna do? <laughs> what can you do? Just go but it's with good stuff." Yeah. Um, so yeah, check out, uh, Tully Summers. It's on, uh, on the proton charging and Ghostbusters HQ, uh, Twitters and Facebooks and, uh, definitely accessible. It's, it's all over the place, but especially that, that EM 50 Ecto two, man, Yeah, I still want a toy of that. I don't even care if it was, it's not in anything. I want a toy of it. Complete with a little bit of video to look at. It's sweet. <laughs> yes.
0: Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, go, go stoppers. stoppers. I'm sorry, we'll do it again.
2: We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. You do. And Twitter accounts. Is dead.
0: Um, no kidding. Just... Me the address.
2: Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Moss On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close
0: again. What the hell are you doing?
2: If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That
0: makes
1: good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals
2: Once again, our call in line is 4702 GBHQIC.
0: That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Good
1: All right, Chris. Well, before we wrap up here, I do have a couple of things from our franchise uh, friends out there to to talk about. Um, and uh, unfortunately, one of those news items is some sad news from our Dallas-Fort Worth Ghostbusters. Uh, it seems one of their members, Guy Andrew, has passed away from pneumonia and emphysema. Um, very, very sad. I always hate to hear uh, when one of one of our own has fallen, and it's it's very sad to to hear that they have lost a member. But uh, they wrote a very touching, very uh, amazing uh, memorial for him on the Dallas-Fort Worth Ghostbusters Facebook page if you go check it out. But uh, I just thought reading reading a, a quick sentence here uh, really got me choked up. They said about Guy that it was no stretch to say that Guy was our very own race dance. And every sense he was the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Ghostbusters, he was always the first to make an event or appearance. He was always happy to answer questions and engage with people, and he never failed to embrace and encourage the excitement and curiosity that came from children and adults alike. So uh, all of our heartfelt uh, condolences to the Dallas-Fort Worth uh, folks and, and everybody out there that knew Guy. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, hearts hearts will mend and uh, the, the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Ghostbusters will be missed, but hopefully it will continue on. So very, very sad. Um, I also realized, I, I say Guy, but I wonder if it's Guy. I wonder if he was, uh, if he was a little French-Canadian. Who knows? Uh, In Dallas, no, it's probably Guy. Dallas, it's probably Guy. Yeah. But um, also the (laughs) Ghostbusters of North Carolina have passed along that they've got a great fundraiser that they've got going. Um, They are raising money for the Special Olympics, which is uh, something near and dear to my heart. My aunt had uh, Down syndrome and participated in the Special Olympics, and she still talks about it. And it was 35 years ago. She loved the Special Olympics. She loved being a part of it. So uh, the North Carolina Ghostbusters are raising money for the Special Olympics. And in February, they are going to Virginia Beach and participating in the annual Polar Plunge event there. And their, their funds that they're raising are going to benefit uh, the Special Olympics. They want to raise $2,000 before doing so. Um, so what you need to do to help them is go to the uh, Ghostbusters of North Carolina social media pages to their website and they have polar plunge patches that's very difficult to say very quickly <laughs> but they have they have polar plunge patches that they're selling for 10 bucks a piece um and what they're going to do they sorry I, they have polar polar, polar plunge, plunge patches, patches to purchase to purchase plenty for if if you plenty of polar In, plunge polar plunge patches to a plethora of polar <laughs> plunge patches to purchase presently peter's picking peppers pickled (laughs) (laughs) Ah. anyway so yeah uh you purchase a patch for ten dollars that is going to help them with their two thousand dollars but they also are uh raffling off some stuff so when you purchase the patches purchase the polar (laughs) plunge patches (laughs) uh, you can uh you're entered to win uh this this wonderful raffle they have a whole bunch of stuff they have like one of the pop vinyls that we were talking about earlier from Stranger Things as Dustin as a Ghostbuster, uh, cool stuff. They also have a a dark patch for $8 and a glow-and-dark pin for $6. Basically, their fundraiser is you are benefiting by getting a pin or a patch, uh, which is awesome. If you want, you can purchase all of them for $24. It's a $24 value, but they'll give it to you for $22 and you get four entries into their drawing and you get all of the merch that they're selling. It's super awesome. Everything going to the special Olympics and, uh, it's, it's super great. So check that out. Uh, they have great items that are part of the, the raffle. They have some signed stuff. Robin Shelby signed some stuff. Uh, Jennifer Runyon signed some stuff, the Ninja Turtles figures. It's, it's well worth it. So, uh, check out Ghostbusters of North Carolina's, uh, outlets and, uh, enter, enter for that raffle. It'll be a lot of fun and it goes to a good cause. So, uh, but, the catches you have to do it before saturday february 3rd so it's happening right around the corner when you listen to this go do it right now otherwise it's too late i'm sorry you just don't have the time uh all right so uh quick quick couple minutes left here chris uh, any final thoughts for the episode <clears throat>
2: um the flu season is getting suckier and suckier oh, every year
1: no. has it claimed anybody uh, well, I was wondering.
2: Uh, this is where the you know the final thoughts comes from is whether that's what uh, uh, what felled Mr. Andrew there of the Dallas Fort Worth Ghostbusters? Because when oh. they say pneumonia, emphysema, it sounds like he may have had you know a little bit of emphysema or asthma or something uh, like that. As a result then,
0: of
1: yeah,
2: but then yeah, pneumonia and all that. It's you know it. I'm not going to say cuz they never said but uh my concern is is that this year it's they're not the first person we've heard of that ended up in a critical situation because of this and like I think this year was the first year in a number of years that it reached uh epidemic level yeah. which is which is you know the last step before you know 1918 Spanish flu pandemic levels um so, I don't know everybody. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with Ghostbusters uh except uh boy, go get your flu shots. I think more yeah. than ever.
1: Yeah, get your flu shots and 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 just be careful out there. Wash wash yeah. your hands. Wash uh, your hands lots. Yeah, don't I mean, touch your eyes and Yeah. Stop picking your nose and all that
2: sort of thing. The um the thing that the the actually this all started though cuz when uh it's it's um Trying to, I was going to say, it's not lucky. I guess f- fortunate's not right. Uh, there was uh, a small positive side effect to we are recording not at our usual time, and that's that we actually get to talk about uh, a guy, uh, you know, in uh, relatively uh, close proximity to the team announcing that he had passed and all that, yeah. rather than close to two weeks is what it would normally be because he passed the announcement was on Friday and we usually record on the Wednesday and weren't able to do it so yeah I'm glad that we're able to talk about it but what got me thinking about it uh, you know beyond that was I'm looking at the pictures and the Dallas Fort Worth guys if you remember uh, out of the hundreds of people that went and everybody does you know their unique spin on being a Ghostbusters uh, they stood out uh, more than, than many others because they um they uh, got themselves the uh, the the Feig suits. They got themselves matching. Uh, oh right, yeah. They the had the Fort cool blue ones. ties yeah. and yeah. And I I didn't get to talk to them much, but in my my memories there, I seem to recall a gentleman with glasses and and you know the the salt and pepper beard and goatee and all that. It's I'm so I'm pretty sure guy was there, and I guess that's what it comes down to is now more than ever I regret that we you know didn't get to talk to everybody that was there it was just so busy and hectic and they showed up at a few places so i think you know i did i think i possibly interacted with them at some point but uh, uh it's just never enough You yeah. never have the time and
1: and it's a good chance he might have been there too uh it's so unfortunately yeah. yeah but um, i think
2: i think i'd spin this the way to basic you know uh, is, it's a good example of you know when you see people fighting online over the new movie and all that it's like you realize what a Waste this is at a certain point, right? Like,
1: we're, yeah.
2: we're Could not of us are getting younger, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't have to interact, but it seems like a waste. Interact negatively. I don't know.
1: That's uh, that's our public service announcement for the end of the episode. I guess is uh, wash your yeah. hands, watch out for the flu, and be nice to be each nice other. be nice to Damn everybody. It. It's it sounds really wishy washy, but yeah. uh, but it's but yeah, it ultimately
2: comes down to like we'll we've lost the chance now to we had a good chance we weren't able to, and you know now we'll never get to. To you know hang out with uh, You know if they ever ended up at Dragon Con or anything like that PK Surger
1: yeah So (laughs) um, yeah love love one another That's what I always try to say to everybody Be excellent to one another (laughs) And party on dudes uh all right well uh until next week yes this uh this was a little it was an odd episode for chris and i because we're recording at a time we usually don't either so uh if we if we sound a little disjointed if we uh, if our rhythm is a little off that is part of the problem but
2: we we only got interrupted twice by uh <laughs> maybe by you'll
1: hear a little bit of it here at the end of the episode <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah so uh until next week everybody see you on the other side who
0: you Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. That used to be one of my two favorite shows. Oh, you're kidding me. Oh, oh great, what was the other one? Bassmasters. It's a
1: fishing show. Everything you're doing is bad. You truly scare me. They want you to love it. Next week though, Careless Pets. Weird. He looks like Slimer, but he is a little more grotesque. He is a yeah. little bit more edgy. Um, so Hang on one sec here. We, we have a visitor.
0: <laughs>
2: Young man, where is your mother? And How did you escape? <laughs> hey! You know, every second you're down here, you have to pay uh, Troy a quarter.
1: Whoa, I didn't know this. Take your time, Thomas. This is fine.
2: Troy charges a a quarter of a second for everything he has to edit out.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm not affording. You're
2: not affording it? Then wait, you wait, wait, what? Don't touch no that's recording.
1: No, I to see.
2: You can see quickly and then you gotta go, okay? <laughs> it's recording us. See how the line moves when we talk?
1: Hop da
2: Hop indeed. Alright.
1: Wait, I want
2: to. No no one. you can't touch it. No no no, I'll show you later, okay?
0: Ha ha
2: ha ha ha, ha, ha get down.
0: It's almost eleven, so you need to hang up now.
2: I need to hang up now, do I? Yep. I'll hang up soon. Okay? Say
1: bye.
2: Yeah, five minutes. <laughs> We're not minutes. done. We have to finish minutes. up. Okay? I'll say bye. Yeah, you can say bye. Okay, put your... Put in. Bye, Thomas.
1: Bye, we need to hang up.
2: Yeah, okay, yeah, bye. Go. Be quiet. Mommy! <laughs>